upon an island in the running sea, a wooded island in the sea's middle, and there's a goddess in the place, the daughter of one whose baleful mind knows all the deeps of the blue sea, Atlas, who holds the columns that bear from land the great thrust of the sky. His daughter will not let Odysseus go, poor mournful man. She keeps on coaxing him with her beguiling talk to turn his mind from Ithaca, but such desire is in him merely to see the hearth-smoke leaping upward from his own island that he longs to die. Are you not moved by this, Lord of Olympus? Had you no pleasure from Odysseus's offerings beside the Argive ships on Troy's wide seaboard? O Zeus, what do you hold against him now? To this the summoner of cloud replied, My child, what strange remarks you let escape you. Could I forget that kingly man, Odysseus? There is no mortal half so wise, no mortal gave so much to the lords of open sky. Only the god who laps the land in water, Poseidon, bears the fighter an old grudge, since he poked out the eye of Polyphemus, brawniest of the Cyclopes. Who bore that giant lout? Thoosa, daughter of Phorces, an offshore sea lord for this nymph had lain with Lord Poseidon in her hollow caves. Naturally, the god, after the blinding, mind you, he does not kill the man, he only buffets him away from home. But come now, we are all at leisure here. Let us take up this matter of his return, that he may sail. Poseidon must relent, for being quarrelsome will get him nowhere, one god flouting the will of all the gods. The grey-eyed goddess Athena answered him, O Majesty, O Father of us all, if it now please the blissful gods that wise Odysseus reach his home again, let the wayfinder Hermes cross the sea to the island of Agigia. Let him tell our fixed intent to the nymph with pretty braids, and let the steadfast man depart for home. For my part, I shall visit Ithaca to put more courage in the sun, and rouse him to call an assembly of the islanders, Achaean gentlemen with flowing hair, he must warn off that wolf-pack of the suitors who prey upon his flocks and dusky cattle. I'll send him to the mainland, then, to Sparta, by the sand-beach of Pylos. Let him find news of his dear father where he may, and win his own renown about the world. She bent to tie her beautiful sandals on, ambrosial, golden, that carry her over water or over endless land on the wings of the wind, and took the great haft of her spear in hand, that bronze-shod spear this child of power can use to break in wrath long battle lines of fighters. Flashing down from Olympus's height she went to stand in Ithaca before the manor, just at the dorsal of the court. She seemed a family friend, the Taphian captain Mentes, waiting with a light hand on her spear. Before her eyes she found the lusty suitors casting dice inside the gate, at ease on hides of oxen, oxen they had killed. Their own retainers made a busy sight, with houseboys mixing bowls of water and wine, or sopping water up in sponges, wiping tables to be placed about in hall, or butchering whole carcasses for roasting. Long before anyone else, the prince Telemachus now caught sight of Athena, for he too was sitting there unhappy among the suitors, a boy daydreaming. What if his great father came from the unknown world and drove these men like dead leaves through the place, recovering honour and lordship in his own domains? Then he who dreamed in the crowd gazed out at Athena. 
Straight to the door he came, irked with himself to think a visitor had been kept there waiting, and took her right hand, grasping with his left her tall bronze-bladed spear. Then he said warmly, Greetings, stranger, welcome to our feast. There will be time to tell your errand later. He led the way, and Pallas Athena followed into the lofty hall. The boy reached up and thrust her spear high in a polished rack, against a pillar where tough spear on spear of the old soldier, his father, stood in order. Then, shaking out a splendid coverlet, he seated her on a throne with footrest, all finely carved, and drew his painted armchair near her, at a distance from the rest. To be amid the din, the suitor's riot, would ruin his guest's appetite, he thought, and he wished privacy to ask for news about his father, gone for years. A maid brought them a silver finger bowl and filled it out of a beautiful spouting golden jug, then drew a polished table to their side. The last...